Hello, welcome to this episode of Insightful Snacks. As you can tell right now, my voice is a little hoarse. It's been a very busy couple of weeks, even though you heard from us recently. Last episode, which was a very exciting one for us, we needed that break to just come back to this. We need another break as well because, I mean, obviously you can tell there's no episode 9. But the explanation for that is, is that right now... I'm dealing with midterms. Well, midterms in the case of elections and for college, but yeah. So I unfortunately had to tell our my our co-host Zach. I was like, "Hey, I can't make it. I gotta do this homework. It's due in two hours. I'm sorry." But yeah, uh, just to get a little bit of an insightful snack, episode two. Happy to be back. I guess just the. First couple of things I thought about in my head was even though I was busy with all my exams and my projects and everything I had to do, uh, the one new game I had just bought and played day one so far is Sonic Frontiers. You guys have heard me talk about it before on the podcast, but finally bought it. And I have to say the game's really good. Like the game is genuinely really good. It's not 10 out of 10, but it doesn't need to be. Like, the game, it's an open... So, for those who don't know, Sonic Frontiers is a new entry into the Sonic franchise. Um, It released on the 8th of November of this year. But the whole new concept of this game is that it's an open-world Sonic game. Which we've seen that before with Sonic Adventure, Sonic Adventure. Well, nah, not really Sonic Adventure Two. That was a little bit more linear in scope. But you would see the open world concept in like Sonic Adventure, Sonic O Six, which is notably not a very good game. <laughs> Probably one of the worst games in a franchise. But Sonic Team came back and they tried something new with the open world experience, and the game is really fun. Like. It is really fun. The game looks great. Just to say, like, graphically, the game looks good. But then again, like, with uh, the hardware they're using, like the Hedgehog engine, uh, Sonic Team knows what they're doing in terms of graphics. But the game is fun. They had a couple of duds. The past two Sonic games were Sonic Forces and then Sonic Boom, which was a pretty much a fucking disaster. But, like, they needed... I think what I really want to say is this game was good, but it needed to be good. Sonic Sega needed this game to be good because <laughs> Sonic has just been drugged through the mutt through the muck, excuse me, the past like almost a decade now. What was it? 2012? What? Back in 2011 they had Sonic Generations. Damn near 10 years since they've had a good Sonic game. They needed this because at the moment the only real hits they've had, Sega, is really Yakuza. The Yakuza games, and since they bought Atlas, particularly just Persona 5, that franchise is just... It, that franchise just prints money, in all honesty. But Sega needed this game to be good. They needed their mascot character, Sonic, to be good. And it is good. Um, I guess I want to talk about the gameplay super quick. It's open world, or... Actually, you know what? Gameplay... Let's talk about gameplay, but let's talk about what I don't like about the game so far. So, for context, I'm only three, four hours into the game. I'm not that far ahead. I'm still in the first zone just because I've been so busy outside of that that I haven't really gotten a chance to get that far. But so far in the game, 
I'm about four hours in, and I have to say what I like about the game. Like I said before, the game looks good. The game is fun to play. Um, I kind of like how they're giving it a little bit more of a serious tone. Like when I first launched the game and I watched the cutscenes. Um, I heard pe- there were people who were complaining just like, oh, the voice acting isn't good. It sounds like they're whispering. And I kind of looked out for it. I'm just like, hmm, yeah, they don't really seem all that energetic, but I just don't think that's not the point. I think the point, the fact is they're trying to give it a more serious tone like the older Sonic games used to. And that's something I admittedly kind of miss as well. Like the Sonic games, like Sonic Adventure 2... Uh, maybe not Shadow the Hedgehog, but Sonic Adventure 2, Sonic 06, Sonic Unleashed. They had, they were a little bit more, they weren't like mature or anything, but they were a little bit more serious in tone. And I kind of missed that for uh, the franchise. It, it started with Sonic Colors. They kind of got a little bit goofy in terms of the writing. Like they got the guys who wrote Happy Tree Friends to write those games. And like, yeah, the franchise needed that change of pace. But it doesn't hurt to have a little bit just more grounded storytelling. I get it. It's a franchise about a hedgehog that runs at Mach 10. But <laughs> at the same time, it doesn't need to be this super silly adventure. Sonic is a children's franchise, but just like the Pokemon franchise, it has a lot of older fans. Obviously, we've seen that on Twitter. <laughs> but... That is the one thing I do like. I do like the voice acting. I do like how it kind of it's just not a little bit more of a serious tone. I don't mind it at all. Um, I would say so far, I really don't have that many complaints. I guess to get the complaints I really do have, it's just the game. Sonic is just not as fast as he is in the past games, like the past boost games, like Generations, Colors, even in Forces. And it makes sense because it's an open world game. You can have more precise platforming. But it just... It's... It just doesn't work when you're going to, for example... So, there are two aspects of the game. You have the open world where you're doing these little challenges. They're they're piss baby easy challenges. But, like, you know, they don't need to be difficult. They just need to be like, alright, do this, get this done, boom, you have... You have the uh, memory fragments you have, the gears you have, the keys that you need. That's perfectly fine. I don't need it to be fucking hard as nails, like, difficult. But there's a point in the game where we're in the cyberspace levels, which is they're pretty much rehashed levels from, like, past Sonic games. Like, they're literally levels ripped from Sonic Generations are in the cyberspace um, levels, and it just doesn't work. I think that's probably the weakest point of the game for me right now because you're having game, you're having a level from another game that had a different physics system, and then you have Frontiers, which physics system is a little bit more different. Sonic isn't as fast; he's not plowing through enemies like he was in Unleashed Generations. But the level design for the cyberspace levels are still built like that. And it just doesn't work for me. Like, I I play through the levels. And sometimes it feels like I'm fighting with Sonic to get through it all. And, like, you run at a normal speed. And it's like, it's you're running, it feels like you're running like a snail. But then you press, like, the right trigger R2 to boost. But it doesn't feel like I'm 
gaining enough speed. Maybe it's because I'm at the start of the game. There, there is a skill tree system. There is also a system where you level up. This how fast Sonic can go, how many rings he can carry, stuff like that. So maybe I just need to level that up. But right now, it just feels kind of sluggish going through those levels. Using, like, going through the open world is fine. It's okay. I mean, it's not fine it's nice it's fun it's fun running around jumping on rails air boosting through the air like mo like slipping sliding around the hills and shit like that it's fun but those cyberspace levels man it's just they're just not it it just doesn't really work for me but in terms of the good the game is fun i'm only through the first zone i kind of spoiled i didn't spoil myself but i looked up there's like three zones um, I heard a third one isn't really that good, but, you know, that's a time. Time will tell for that one. So, so far, I am very happy with the game. Um, another game that's been in the news, well, not as of recently, but Bayonetta 3. I'm planning to get that game um, relatively soon in the next weeks, hopefully for before the end of the year, just because I saw a good friend of ours play it, and it's really caught my attention. I beat the first Bayonetta, so it's like, all right, well, there isn't a complete cohesive story, so I guess I can skip the second one. I mean, why not? The third one looks fun. Hmm. Like, you can use a tra you fight with a train. Like, literally, that's so crazy. So, just a little bit of ADHD thoughts going through the head right now. Um, outside of Sonic Forces and Bayonetta, the new Pokemon games are coming out. They just leaked in this past, like, three days. And, ooh, actually, I've been meaning to want to talk about this one because they leaked all the designs. And I have to say, uh, they're good. They're fun. They're a lot different than what they were the past couple generations, but I also think that's just an artistic uh, shift, because as we've seen in the trailers, the character designs look take, they look like they take more inspiration from like new Pokemon Snap than like the classic Sugimori art style, and I just didn't know how to feel about that. Like that classic Sugimori art style is very much Pokemon, even if it is kind of more rounded off and not as like square and sharp as it was the first two generations. It's still very much. Sugimori, and it's just like, this is very much the Pokemon franchise, but, you know, I can look past it, I can look past the fact that the main character doesn't look, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, not agely ambiguous, that's not a fucking word, but I liked how in the main protagonist in the games, just... You could tell there are, like, fucking pipsqueaks, but, like, you just didn't know. Like, okay, this kid could be 16, 17, 18 even. I'll just even stretch that. But, like, canonically, they're, like, 10. And it's just, like, well, you can look past that because they look older. Because they look cool. There's a sense of coolness to their designs. But in Scarlet and Violet, they just look like kids. And I hate that. <laughs> like, I'm 25 years old. I'm just It's just not my vibe. But, you know, whatever. But from what I've seen from the leaks, going back to that, um, eh, they're good. Nothing really stood out to me. Like, there was, wasn't one design. Well, there's like, a couple designs where I was just like, yeah, like, I really like that. But in terms of type combinations, 
I wish they were a little bit more creative with it. Like, there are some old Pokemon that get new evolutions, and some of the... And they change the typing on some, which is really cool. But there are some... There's, like, literally two... No, three Pokemon, I will not say, that get new evolutions in this game. And it's just the same type. And I think that's really fucking lame. <laughs> like, they could have really switched it up. Like, switched their types from, like, instead of being a normal type, being, like... Oh, a flying type or a dragon type. When you know, you know. But you know, at the same time, like I guess, fine, whatever. And then, and there's also new. Oh, I can't. Well, can't say really that one because that's, that's spoilers. But in terms of the designs of the Pokemon I've seen so far, I'm very happy with them. I, I don't know. Maybe it's just the brighter colors. Like, they're not as neutral. They're more, like, vivid in terms of, like, color palette. But I just didn't really care for them. Like, they're good. There are some designs where I'm just like, yeah, I really want to use that. But, like, it wasn't like Sword and Shield as much shit as that game has gotten. Where the Pokemon designs were just, like, all of them were just, like, bangers after banger after banger. The only one that kind of sucked was the, it was the one that was just a literal penguin. Like, that one's kind of stupid. <laughs> but other than that, like, they're all pretty much, like, bangers in terms of design wise so good on you pokemon team for making generation seven was that seven five six seven eight generation eight yeah generation eight good on you for making those designs really good i really from what i could tell from these leaks they say the game's really good but at the same time i w I think the game will be good. I'm going to enjoy the game. I just... Going to sort... Talking about Sword and Shield. I just wish that game had a little bit more time in the oven. I love the world of that game. I love the design. I love that there's, like, literal, like, branding of, like, different brands of uh, companies. Like, they're... Like, there's literally, like, uh, graphic designs of, like, brands for different corporations in the so-called Pokemon world, quote-unquote. I think that's really cool. I like how the character designs in Sword and Shield. Um, I love diversity in my games. I'm not much for forced diversity. But the fact that just these designs look so good in these games, I just really wish they could expand it on top of that. Um, in terms of just the story and just their implementation. Like, Everyone in that game looks so fucking cool, but they kind of only have time to shine for maybe about, like, 20 minutes, and it's not enough time. There are a lot of instances, everyone knows that just, there are not a lot of animations. You would see, like, oh, a cutscene, like, oh, this Pokemon, like, fried a, a circuit board or something, and it just shows the model hop, and then the screen turns to black, and it just shows in text what it did. Like, shit like that's really lame. I hate the Beatles people to be like, oh, well... This is a franchise that's, you know, one of the highest grossing franchises in the, on the planet. But at the same time, like, we all understand the reason why they have these, like, limits to what they can do. Excuse me. And it's only because, you know, they have the games, yeah? But they also have to have the trading cards lined up, the anime lined up, and on top of that, all the other merchandise. That's not even including the movies that are going to make for Mythical Pokemon and that they're going to release over the internet. That's also gotten really lame, but it's just kind of like, oh, here's this new Mythical Pokemon. But, you know, you get a QR code from, like, Target to get it. And it's just, like, oh, no, like, little side quest to, like, get it. Or, like, it tells you a little bit of its backstory. It's just, oh, yeah, 
here you go. Like, that's kind of lame. And I wish that was a little different. But, hey, beggars can't be choosers. <laughs> but, yeah. I do miss Sword and Shield. It was a good game for what it was worth. Outside of its technical, like, you know, short, like, <laughs> its technical downfalls, it was a really good game for what it was worth. It wasn't like the 9 or 10 out of 10s it was getting, but it was a relatively good game, and it was fun to go through. And I really loved the designs for that generation. Those are probably some of the best designs I've had. I've had... What, what am I saying? Hello? <laughs> the game has had... Oh my goodness. But yeah. Sword and Shield look, is looking to be a pretty good game. The designs are pretty cool. Nothing's really jumped out of me yet, but I'm happy from what we've seen. Um, there are some mechanics. Uh, like, for example, the past couple of games I've had, like, regional forms. There are not that many in this game. And I think that's really disappointing for me because I think that was probably one of the coolest concepts they created back with Sun and Moon. But, you know, beggars can't be choosers, like they say. Uh, uh, but, you know game will be good everyone will be happy the game will sell well they're gonna it's gonna you know sell the merchandise people are already excited for like the pokemon designs that they have out now some of them are cool some of them are really wacky and i kind of like that with some of them some are just kind of goofy and i can dig it but enough about pokemon enough about video games and the arts where have we been well I guess just to kind of put a close to the insightful snacks this episode. Well, before we put a close, well, like, what do, what are your thoughts? What do you think about, like, the new games coming out? Even if you're not into these franchises I talked about before, what are your thoughts? Because it's just, I know me and Zach, we talk about a lot of philosophical things, but it's nice to just talk about just entertainment and the arts and just what we thought about these things so far. Like, it's really nice to just kind of take a step back for, like, reality of things, of how moronic people are, and just talk about the smaller things when it comes to the arts. It's it's kind of fun, like, especially when you understand how these companies and corporations and even just the development of these games and even other art forms such as, like, movies and artwork. So, yeah. Um, I hope that kind of gives you a bit of an insight on just what you, how you feel about the games you play or the media you consume and just think about that more and more. But to go back about with me and Zach, we've been also been really busy. Zach has been making music. I don't know if he wants me to tell anyone, but he's been busy making music. He's kind of going through those in and outs of artist block, but what I've heard from him has been pretty good for someone who just started making music about a year or two years ago. Very phenomenal stuff. But for me, I've just been busy with college. Um, as you guys have heard before, I'm in my last semester. I'm graduating in like the next f four weeks. I'm like December 21st is my graduation ceremony. I'm going to finish with my bachelor's finally. At the age of 25, like I'm honestly happy to just be done with that, you know? And I'm not... It wasn't because of any kind of gap or anything. It's just I took my time. Like, I took my time with my college courses. I took maybe two, three classes at a time because I was just like, you know what? Let me develop, like, 
I want to work. I want to make some money. But at the same time, I, I understand I need to be in college. But I also want to maintain my social life. So that was something that was really important to me as well. But I took my time. But here I am. I finally did it. I'm going to get my bachelor's and be done with it. And for a while, I always thought about too. It's just like, I wonder how many more people are like graduating late. But there have been like several articles going coming out of saying like, I mean, I think that's just a pretty much a prominent thing people have talked about. It's just, hey, not that many people are going to college after high school. They're just kind of skipping it. And for a while, like, it's all, it's a, such a complicated issue. But it all boils down to just people just need to start making other people's lives easier. Then maybe people are going to want to do things again. Because it was just like, I for a while I felt self-conscious for being 25 and going to college. And then there are articles saying, oh yeah, there are a lot in increasing numbers of people graduating like later than normal. Because usually people graduate college at like 22. 21, 22 is usually like that median age. But there are people graduating college now like 23, 24, 25. Sometimes later, because there are people who take several gap years, which is nothing wrong with that. You got, you literally been in primary school for 12 years. <laughs> it's time to take a break, you know? So, sometimes that break is well-deserved, in a way. But, I guess what I want to, what I want, where my brain was going from that is talking about how, yeah, I'm about to get my degree now at 25, and I felt really bad about that. But why, why is it that that's the conversation we're having? You know, like, oh, people aren't going to college. People aren't going to college. Why aren't people going to college? And as time goes on more and more, that number of people not attending college is increasing and increasing. And the obvious answer is college is expensive. I'm lucky enough to where I qualify for the student loan forgiveness. And if that actually goes through on all those dickhead law like lawmakers who are not lawmakers they're literally people they're literally bootlickers who are just kind of like well like if we do student loan forgiveness we're gonna pay it in our taxes and it's just like okay but first off we already you already pay taxes of things you don't you probably don't support to begin with for one and for two who cares like at the end of the day <laughs> the taxes are gonna get taken out for something anyway like, I'd rather pay, what, an extra $50 in taxes just so I can go without student debt and I can actually function and, like, go about my life without that student debt lingering over my head. That's going to help a lot of people. And then on top of that, there is that bill that passed earlier this year where I did the whole infrastructure bill. It might have been part of the infrastructure bill, but where they're going to have more IRS agents. Like, no matter how you feel about the IRS... It's the only agency in the federal government that actually generates money. And when you have more agents in that agency, there are probably, like, I think there are billions, I might be wrong, I could, if you can fact check me, that'd be great. But there are like billions of dollars of revenue that's just kind of gone unchecked that the federal government could use into like, you know, the country. So when you have more of these agents, um, you have more people who you can like ha hold this, like these large amounts oh, I'm setting over my word excuse me large amounts of money and you know put that back into the economy one example of that and like especially like with delinquent uh people who just aren't paying money in taxes that's still a thing oh my god I saw I saw a movie about that uh short film it was talking about what they're called not they're like sovereign citizens is what they what they're called where 
they don't believe that they paying they should be paying taxes and that's illegal you need to pay your taxes that's very much illegal um tax evasion that is but at the, where i was going with this oh excuse me i'm rambling right now um we need that money uh oh that's what i was going to say about delinquent tax holders right now um something very local to us in baltimore is this isn't oh, this isn't new but this we have a problem with squeegee kids well they're squee we call them the squeegee boys but they're like a mix of like teenagers and like grown men who when you go to a stoplight at the end of baltimore they'll like squeegee your windows everybody's seen these guys but the biggest problem with them now is that a lot of them are just kind of robbing people or like when you deny them and just like oh i don't want my windshield wipe they'll literally like punch and crack your windshield and stuff like that there have been many stories of the squeegee boys coming up the cars just pulling out guns on them and are just like either giving your money or what they do is they they you give them your phone and you open up Cash App and they'll cash up themselves like two hundred dollars and then they like they'll like leave or whatever. Like it's been a big problem and we have our mayor who's trying to do something about it. Like he's God bless that man, because he's literally trying his best. Like I think he was just like, Oh well, let's put security guards that watch them and it's just like, Well, that takes up too many resources and it's like, Okay, but like, well then let's have a council meeting to talk to these squeegee boys and when they finally do do it, the squeegee boys are just kind of like, okay, we'll do this, like, council meeting, but, like, there can't be any cameras or recording devices. And everyone's just like, uh, okay, why? And in those meetings, they admit, yeah, the reason why we do the squeegee stuff, because it's fast cash, but also since it's cash, we don't have to report it to the IRS and pay taxes. So admittedly, so the reason, like, that's why they didn't want cameras, because they're literally admitting that they're doing tax evasion. And it's just that whole council, the mayor, were just getting frustrated because nothing's changing, nothing's getting better. It's at a point where these people don't really want to do better. So it's just like, what do you do in that situation? I wouldn't know. I'm just some kid. I'm, I'm not a kid. I'm a grown man. But I'm just a 25-year-old man who just is a recent college grad. That's something politicians have to figure out. Do you arrest these people? Sure. But that perpetuates the issue with, you know, the whole prison and people going to jail, stuff like that. I mean, the people who actually commit the crimes like robbing people, yeah, they need to get incarcerated. But also just kind of like the solution to this problem isn't taking people off the street and arresting them. It's just, it's been a problem that's just been so deep-seated systemically that, now it's like, okay, let's actually fix the problem, but it the problem is so far gone and just deep-rooted to where it's just like trying to fix it, it's almost like you can't. <laughs> and that's the big issue you see. It's not just in Baltimore, but a lot of systemic issues you see like in like current events. Like, oh, let's fix this issue where all of these people in these like not-so-great neighborhoods, let's give them jobs that aren't like McDonald's or something. And then it's just like, oh, wait, these people aren't qualified. Half these people, like, graduated with, like, less than 1.0 GPAs in high school. Well, why is that? Because we never gave these people resources in the past, like, five decades. So they don't have the education or the skill set to fulfill these jobs we're trying to give them. It's just a complicated mess. <laughs> which which I will transition uh, into, I would say, the midterms. That was a very unenthusiastic transition. But, yeah, that just kind of mentioned that. We can t just mention about how we have midterms coming up. Um, 
oh god, I really want to talk about this with Zach, but Maryland just got a really huge dub this midterm. We just voted in favor of recreational marijuana. I think it was like 60-30 or something like that, but it's a huge dub for us. Uh, I think it's starting in July of 2023. Um, marijuana will recreational marijuana will now be legalized. So marijuana in general will just be completely legalized in the state of Maryland. That is a very good thing. I I was talking to I was talking to my girlfriend about it as well. Like, yeah, like I personally don't use marijuana. It's not something I care about. But that's a big fucking deal because one, the biggest thing, and we both agreed on this, that you're gonna have a lot of people who went to jail on just possession, get their records expunged. That's putting, and which disproportionately affects black people, whether we like it or not, it just does. So what that does, it puts people back, families back together. The um. Dads are coming back to homes. That puts more people out to work. <laughs> That's the big thing we're complaining about is the economy and how unemployment rates are going up. I mean, that's not going to be fixed for, like, a while. But still, like, you have more people incarcerated. Your records are expunged. You have more people just... I think it's just the biggest benefit I see are is the economy and just people, like, that... Uh, the prison, po not prison population. Well, I'm sure in some states people go to prison for marijuana possession, but just that jail slash prison po uh, population def deflates by a large amount because there are people who get arrested for the most bogus charges and nonviolent, that is. And the fact that, that they're going to be relieved and expunged of the records. And on top of that, the economy. We already have dispensaries for like people who have met, who uh, use marijuana medicinally. But when you have that uh, recreationally, that brings so much revenue to the state. Granted, this, <laughs> the state of Maryland makes a lot of money as is. Just because, well, like, again, Maryland is probably one of the wealthiest states in the country. It's known for having lots of wealthy people of color. And adding on top of that, you have the added revenue of marijuana on top of like alcohol. It's just an overall positive. And that's why that's one of my biggest pushes for marijuana to be legalized federally. It's not for the use. I mean, like people should have their freedoms to do whatever they want. I'm full. That's that's the American in me just talking just like, yeah, you should have the freedom to do whatever you want. But at the same time, oh, I lost my train of thought. Oh, sorry. <laughs> that's what I was going to say. <laughs> <clears throat> but at the same time, you know, having that money in the economy would be great. We need that money. We're always we keep talking about how we're trillions of dollars in debt. We need that money. It would be a net positive if we just have that in our grasp, in our fucking mitts. But you know, that's something that's going to take years on the road to kind of get to. Um, hopefully, we get to it sooner than later. I hope. <laughs> but yeah. That was a big dub in Maryland. Well, hope, hopefully next week we'll actually talk about that more in discussion because I want to hear Zach's side of that because that's just such a good thing to hear about marijuana. Um, also, a fun, before we end, I well, before I end this episode of Insightful Snacks, something that really just was so absurd to me that I thought about on my way home yesterday was the fact that Wes Moore is going to be our new governor of Maryland in 2023. Wes Moore is going to be our first black governor. And there's a woman who's become a, a, a Maryland comptroller, basically a person who just handles the money for the state. Her name is Brooke Lyerman. I'm getting her name wrong. I don't know her name. But we're going to have the in the year 2023, 
we are going to have the first black governor in Maryland, and we're going to have the first female comptroller in Maryland in the year 2023. A very liberal state known for having very wealthy people of color are having is having their first black governor in 2023 and their first female comptroller in 2023 isn't that it that shit is so absurd to me it just proves if people who try to deny there are no systemic issues and just are a country that should prove it a country, a country, a state that's known for having wealthy people of color has its first black governor in the year 2023, the year that the Jetsons predicted we're going to have flying fucking cars. That is completely insane to me. That is so absurd. Why didn't this happen sooner? Even I was talking about it earlier with my girlfriend. Back in 2020, Baltimore, Maryland had its first black mayor. Baltimore, Maryland in the year 2020 has its first black mayor that is fucking insane and absurd and it's just like take that take that insightful snacks insightful snacks take that as you will but yeah crazy stuff i might have rambled for a bit but i'm happy you know what you were here to listen thank you very much um i'm gonna let you go we'll be back next week I'll have Zach on board. I know you miss him. I know you guys miss him a lot, but we'll be back. Just some quick thoughts out of my head, and I hope you guys have a good rest of your day. Knock your socks off. If you're about to go to work, go to work. Uh, do your job well. Fuck quiet quitting. It's not a trend. It's literally a concept that's existed since the concept of labor. I hate how we call everything a trend. Fucking lame. Um, all right, guys. Have a good rest of your day. Goodbye.